Welcome to Revival from the Bible, a daily devotional podcast designed to help more people get into God's Word and get more out of the Word. I'm Ben Blakey. It's Saturday, October 22nd, 2022. Today we come to a story that we like to highlight each year as we read through the Bible because it it tells a story that really is the name of this podcast and this Bible reading plan in action. We see a real revival from the Bible. And I want us to revisit that story today and highlight one detail that really stood out to me this time on reading through. But today we are looking at the story of King Josiah, and today we're looking at the account of it in 2 Kings 22 through 23. Now, Josiah is perhaps most famous as a boy king. He becomes king at a very young age, eight years old, it says there in verse 1 of 2 Kings 22. And as we look at the story, it tells a story of revival from the Bible. And you may be familiar with the story, uh, King Josiah, this boy king, but as he gets older in the 18th year of King Josiah, So he's still a relatively young man. He goes, it says, the king sent Shaphan, the son of Azaliah, the son of Meshulam, the secretary, to the house of the Lord, saying, go up to Hilkiah, the high priest, that he may count the money that has been brought. Right, And basically goes on to say, let's repair the temple. And as they repair the temple, they find a book. In verse 8, it says, Hilkiah the high priest said to Shaphan the secretary, I have found the book of the law in the house of the Lord. And therefore, once they find this book of the law and they read it, what, what happens? Revival happens. They read the book of the law, but notice where even revival starts here. Verse 11, when the king heard the words of the book of the law, he tore his clothes. And the king commanded Hilkiah the priest, and Ahikam the son of Shaphan, and Akbor the son of Micaiah, and Shaphan the secretary, and Asaiah the king's servant, saying, Go inquire of the Lord for me and for the people and for all Judah concerning the words of this book that has been found for great is the wrath of the Lord that is kindled against us because of our fathers, because our fathers have not obeyed the words of this book to do according to all that is written concerning us. Now, if you've been tracking all year with us, you read through the law, you read through the first five books of the Old Testament, and you'll remember, if you read those books, it makes pretty clear That if they depart from the way of the Lord, if they worship idols, there will be judgment. So you can see why Josiah reacts the way that he does, because he sees, wait, we've done all the bad things, it says. And therefore, based on that, we're going to see the judgment that it says. And so you, you see him responding and they go and they seek this prophetess out and she gives word back to the king verse 15 she said to them thus says the lord the god of israel tell the man who sent you to me thus says the lord behold i will bring disaster upon this place and upon its inhabitants all the words of the book that the king of judah has read because they have forsaken me and have made offerings to other gods that they might provoke me to anger with all the work of their hands. Therefore, my wrath will be kindled against this place and it will not be quenched. But 
to the king of Judah, who sent you to inquire of the Lord, thus you shall say to him, Thus says the Lord, the God of Israel, regarding the words that you have heard, because your heart was penitent, and you humbled yourself before the Lord when you heard how I spoke against this place and against its inhabitants that they should become a desolation and a curse, and you have torn your clothes and wept before me, I also have heard you, declares the Lord. Therefore, behold, I will gather you to your fathers, and you shall be gathered to your grave in peace, and your eyes shall not see all the disaster that I will bring upon this place. So God responds and says, yes, I am bringing the disaster that I said I would in the law. But to the king, King Josiah, because you have humbled yourself, because you have responded with penitence and sorrow over sin, it's not going to come in your time. Uh, so there, one thing we see about an element of revival, we see the, the word is involved and we also see repentance is involved. Sorrow over sin, serious, uh, taking sin seriously is involved in revival. But then this is the detail that stood out to me reading through this passage this year. We see this uh, word from the Lord that, hey, Josiah, I'm going to bring disaster, but it's not going to happen in your time. And, and that's where you can almost see maybe... If you were in King Josiah's shoes, maybe there'd be disappointment. Maybe it's, man, no matter what what I do, no matter how penitent I am, no matter how much I seek the Lord, uh, he, he said he's going to bring disaster. And, and maybe would that make you, if you were in his shoes, say, well, you know, we tried. Um, and then kind of to give up. But we, we see the exact opposite in Josiah, even though he knows, hey, this judgment is still coming. Chapter 23 is a list of all the ways Josiah continues to seek the Lord. Even though he knows the judgment is coming, he continues to seek the Lord. Even though he knows that his reforms are not going to completely change things, he still seeks the Lord anyways. And we see that throughout the chapter, God continuing to say that that God is going to uh, bring wrath. You see that at the end of, towards the end of the chapter in verse 26, it says, still the Lord did not turn from the burning of his great wrath by which his anger was kindled against Judah uh, because of all the provocations with which Manasseh had provoked him. And he's making clear judgment is coming, even though verse 25 says before him, King Josiah, there was no king like him who turned to the Lord with all his heart and with all his soul and with all his might, according to all the law of Moses, nor did any like him arise after him. What an amazing statement. And that's where I want all of us to check our own hearts today. We talk about revival a lot on this podcast and we pray for revival. We look out at our communities. I think we look out at our country, the United States of America, and we beg God for revival. We want to see people turning from their sin to God. And we pray that God moves in an amazing way to draw people back to the Bible and to repent of their sin and to seek God with everything that they've got. Here's my question for you. If God told you, hey, judgment is coming on America and there's really actually nothing you can do to stop it, would you seek the Lord and would you serve the Lord and would you seek to still be faithful to the mission of the Lord to make disciples? Would you still do all of those things even if you knew it's, it might not get that result that you want? 
And that's that's the amazing thing we see here in King Josiah. He knows that judgment is coming, but he doesn't say, well, I guess there's nothing I can do. He, he seeks God, it says, with all his heart and with all his soul and with all his might, according to the law of Moses. And, and that's my question for you. Is that what you're going to do? Are you going to seek the Lord with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your might according to God's law, no matter what result that leads to, whether that leads to revival in our nation or not, whether that leads to you know ministry success for you or not, whether that leads to prosperity in your life or not, no matter what the result, will you seek the Lord? And really, I think that brings us back to what is our view of God? Are we seeking God for his sake, Uh, just seeking his face because that is the end goal? Or are we seeking God uh, really because we want our nation to be a better place or my life to be a better thing or my church to be a better place? What is our motive for seeking God. And first and foremost, we must seek God because he alone is worthy. And again, if you were even just to study the first five books of the Bible, that's what you would see. You would see a God of promises, a God of faithfulness, a God of holiness, a God who is the great I am that I am, a God who is matchless and worthy to be sought, a God that is worthy of our faith. Those things should draw us after God, no matter what, whether or not that leads to a bunch of amazing changes in your community, your church, your family, your life. We seek God because he is worth it. And I think that's really the heart of true revival. So I hope we don't miss that as we read this account in 2 Kings 22 and 23. Now, our New Testament reading today finishes up the book of 1 Timothy as we read 1 Timothy 6. And here, just briefly, I want you to look at the warnings that it gets about the love of money and the desire to be rich. Verse 9 says, but those who desire to be rich fall into temptation into a snare into many senseless and harmful desires that plunge people into ruin and destruction for the love of money is a root of all kinds of evil it is through this craving that some have wandered away from the faith and pierced themselves with many pangs there's a warning there and that's where Again, I think this is one of the easy warnings to deflect because very few of you think of yourselves as rich. Very few of you even think, I want to be rich. And again, the way I summarize this sometimes is many of us, we think, well, rich people have a lot more than I have. I only want a little more than I have. So I'm not rich or desiring to be rich. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Not so fast. We need to check our own hearts. And we need to actually realize verse 17, which says, as for the rich in this present age, and honestly, uh, most of you listening to this podcast, if we were to look at any objective standard that compared you to the other billions of people living on planet earth, you are the rich in this pleasant age. And what does it say to you? Well, don't be haughty. 
Don't set your hope on the uncertainty of riches, but on God who richly provides us with everything to enjoy. They are to do good, to be rich in good works, to be generous and ready to share, thus storing up treasure for themselves as a good foundation for the future, so that they may take hold of that which is truly life. Uh, So there's some instruction for you. And notice there, it says God gives us everything to enjoy. He richly provides everything to enjoy. That's a good question. Are you enjoying what God has given you today? And that's what drives us back to earlier in the chapter where it says that godliness with contentment is great gain. So the question maybe to think about is not, well, do you want more? Because to some extent, you know, we all are fighting against that desire to want more. Here's another question to ask. Are you enjoying what you have? Are you viewing it as a gift from God? And are you ready to share of what you have? Uh, These are things we should look at in our own lives today. So don't miss uh, those words and those warnings from the book of First Timothy. Uh, check your own heart and honestly use this as a call to enjoy what God has given you today. And let's learn that lesson from this great example of real revival from the Bible that we see in Second Kings. And let's learn from King Josiah and let's seek him with all our heart, all our soul, all our might today, no matter what the result that it leads to in this world, because God truly is worthy. Thanks for digging into God's word with me today on Revival from the Bible. For more resources, check out revivalfromthebible.com. To learn more about Compass Bible Church Treasure Valley, go to compassbible.tv. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you.